0: Hey hey hey. hey! 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 What's going? On? Oh, nothing, man. Just uh, excited about this week. S- excited about this episode. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, not that the other two weren't, but you know this the, this one is. Uh, I think so. Really excited. <laughs> um, but I mean, how how'd your week go, man? How what happened this week? Anything uh, anything interesting?
1: Honestly, not really. Um, which is probably not a bad thing uh, the corporate bosses came down this week which was oh, so nice. interesting they they usually make their rounds around like the company from like to west coast like once a year so like last year they well covid but year before they did the west coast so then this year they did East Coast so came down got to meet them you know express some you know things like ideas or concerns crap like that but other than that I mean, Dude, the week went well. Uh, yesterday, and I hung some curtains, hung some pictures, hung out, watched some movies. Today, uh, didn't do a whole lot. Oh, I made some burgers last night. Uh, this morning, didn't really do a whole lot either. I made um made some breakfast for us. Which is usually, what I do on the weekends, and then gonna see my parents sometime this evening. My dad's gonna help me hang the uh, TV in the in the uh, living room.
0: Oh, nice, nice. you going mount. You're mounting it.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, we, we ended up buying like a 58 inch, and uh, I don't really, I don't really need Taylor, um, helping me out right now with, uh, with the whole, um, everything, uh, everything going on right now. So yeah. I don't, I don't really need her helping me because it's not, it's not smart. So. Sure. Uh, Jeff, my, my dad's dad. Jeff, my dad's ladder a couple weeks ago to, to fix some shit around the house, and then I was like, "Well, since you guys are coming down this weekend, uh, you want to help me hang this TV?"
0: <laughs> there you go. Like, yeah,
1: he's like, "Yeah, I guess we can stop by." And I was like, "No, thanks." Oh, and then I guess actually it works out because Taylor's anniversary gift. Our anniversary was back in uh, May. Our uh, her anniversary gift finally got here eight weeks later. So my mom's gonna drop it off for me. Um, I awesome. had it sent to their house so she wouldn't snoop around. But my mom, my mom's gonna drop it off for me so I can finally give it to her.
0: Well, next week you'll have to tell because I mean we shouldn't know before before she does. So next week you're gonna have to tell us how, what it was and how her reaction was. That would be uh, that would be yeah, awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm dude. It's exci- I'm excited. I mean, I spent a lot of time on this thing. So
0: good. Good. Yeah.
1: How about you? How was your week? Your, your pops came to town, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. My dad came into town. It's been almost two years since I've seen him. Um, co- yeah, yeah, yeah. Co- uh, he lives in uh, in um, in Idaho, and uh, which isn't very far from Washington. You know, it's only about oh, yeah. a five and a half hour drive, but at yeah, the same yeah. time the same time, he's a little older. Um, he's had um, some medical issues in the, over the years, and so COVID really kind of planted him where he was. Um, and you know, with a new new kid, I can't really travel right long, long distances yet. Um, I think she'll be ready next year. Uh, I know Spencer would be fine, but oh. I screwed up. Um, anyway, <laughs> I did too. Um, I can
1: I can try to go back and edit that out, but we'll- no, no worries. Don't you know
0: what? Don't worry about it. If it, if it happens, it happens. Um, oh. <clears throat> but I uh, yeah. So he he uh, for for those of you um, that don't know, which I think is all of you, um, my my father's dad is uh, is is dying. He's got um he's he, he's dying of cancer. And, um, so he went to see his dad, which is on the side. Um, and then, uh, he came up to see me for me and, and um, my daughter and, and my fiance. And, um, un- uh, unfortunately my son is with his, uh, he's technically my stepson. He's with, with his dad this weekend. So we just couldn't iron out a time for him to come over. He was, my dad was only here for a day. He left this morning. Um, but it was nice. Um, he bought me, he brought me over a, a bottle of maker's. Um, yeah. uh, love love me some Maker's Mark, um, awesome. free free plug. It's a it, it's a great bourbon. I love it. It's both, um, but yeah, it was a great little visit. We watched we we watched a movie um, last night. Um, well, we have HBO Max, so we watched The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It.
1: So how how actually how was that movie? Because we went to go see um, we went to go see. Uh, Quiet Place Two last week. This was yeah yeah you mentioned list. that this was next on our list. So how was that? Was that good? Is it worth seeing?
0: It's definitely worth seeing. I loved it. Is the it fact worth, that is
1: it is it worth seeing at home or is just one of those like you should probably try to take in the theater aspect of I, it.
0: I could see I could see the theater aspect being a good okay. time, but honestly, it would you know. There's uh, one thing I love about this one is it's not, it doesn't try to scare you. Like, there's not a lot of jump scares. There's, I mean, it's a good story. It's a true story. I mean, a lot of these are based on true stories. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure you know that the Conjuring is a whole universe in and of itself. Oh, yeah. um, and, uh, Uh, it it was, I mean, it was well-made, not a lot of jump scares, but it was very suspenseful. Um, I I mean, I like the people that, that, that play the Warrens. I, you know, it's, and I, it's something I'm into. I love horror movies and I love scary movies, but I, it, it adds a little degree when you know, it's, it's based on a true story. Now, um, how loosely based you actually have to put some research into, but these are actually like from their files, like at the end of the movie, um, so in the beginning of the movie, I can tell you that part, there's an exorcism of a small child. That's all I'm oh. going to tell you. But at the end of the movie, they play the actual tape from the actual exorcism. Like, like real tape. Real tape. That's, this is, this is in, in during the credits and stuff like that. So it doesn't really ruin anything for the movie, but at the end, they play the real tape from their the war from the Warren's exorcism.
1: Well, that's going to be a raffle in this episode because I need to go to the movie theaters right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great, it's a great flick. I, I yeah. highly, I highly recommend it if you're into that kind of thing. If okay. you are not into the suspense, unless you know, um, like I loved, uh, God, what was that one where the where the boy was haunted? It wasn't the house. It was uh, Insidious. I loved the Insidious series. It got campy. It got a little cheesy, but it was a lot of jump scares. Um, I do enjoy those, but I really enjoy the suspense more. I I enjoy the build up more, and it's it's a good movie. It it really is. I I, get, I definitely give it one and a half thumbs up, just because, you know, there aren't any real jump scares, but it it gets you it gets you going a little bit. That's our kind of movie. Yeah,
1: that's our kind of movie. So we were talking about uh, doing this episode this week. You had sent over this article and. In- I was going to read it, and then you said you have to pay to read it, and then it maybe made me not want to read it. But that was just that's just more that's just more me well, not wanting to spend money. But I knew that you, on the other hand, would go and read this article, and then yes. I, I, you know, we would discuss it, which we did. Um, so, do you you want to tell everybody about this article that you ended up bringing up? Sure,
0: sure. And and um, it's from the Wall Street Journal, and the Wall Street Journal actually gives you three articles a month that you're allowed to read for free. Okay. Um, I, I had already reached my, my limit, which I don't read the wall street journal. It's just one of those things where if I accidentally click on an article and then I'm like, Oh crap. And I click back, that counts as one. Mm. So, <laughs> so mm. I had reached my limit, but, um, I, I hope they're not listening. No. Um, I have a, I have multiple email addresses. So I used a different email address to access it. And I, w- I was able to, I was able to actually, uh, get, um, Get into the article and read it. And I actually read it twice uh, this morning um, just because, you know, it's a great article. Uh, so um, in, in the interest of, of giving credit where credit is due, it's uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Um, it is from, uh, it's it's two years old. It's from July 30th, 2019. Uh, I, f- I find it very valid um, and it gives a lot of great insight. It's by a, uh, a contributor to the Wall Street Journal, I'm assuming, uh, by the name of Andrea Peterson. So this is, uh, and it's titled, Anxiety Looks Different in Men. So this is, uh, and I, I'm not by any mean downgrading this. There's a woman that obviously, you know, takes takes anxiety seriously because she's looking at it from both sides men and women right. um but this this article is definitely based on you know how it looks different in men um it's really interesting if you get a chance to look it up uh and you get a chance to read it do it um it, it's it's not a long article but it's got some really great insights it actually references a harvard study which i'm gonna I, i'm definitely gonna touch on um but it's a. Uh, what 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 there's what what it says uh, in in one of the first things is uh, anxiety problems look different look different in men. Um, it often manifests as anger or irritability, and that is very very true. That's something that I've experienced that I've battled with over the years. I still battle with it. Um, I you know if I get if I get irritated or you know and as I've said before, I get irritated or angry. I'm not that kind of a person anymore. I'm a pretty positive person. I don't, I don't really get angry, but I'm human. So it does happen. I've just learned to take a step back and, and is to ask myself, you know, is it this situation that's irritating me and making me angry and making me lash out? Or is it, you know, is it something else? Um, uh, I'll, I'll go through the, the notes that I have in the articles and then let's, let's talk, let's delve a little bit into, you know, what, what stands out for us. Um, so there's the, 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 there's growing recognition in men in symptoms in men for anxiety if they're if they're different than women um, you know men have generally or uh, commonly have headaches the, the difficulty sleeping muscle aches pain um men are are more likely than women to use alcohol or drugs to cope with with anxiety um, and actually, uh, Kevin Chapman, I, I'm going to cite. I'm going to cite as much as I can because I don't want anything to fall back legally. Uh, Kevin Chapman, he's a clinical psychologist in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, he he says, quote, "Aggression tends to be more socially acceptable to many men than anxiety." That's definitely something that I want to. I definitely want to talk about now. Um, one in three women um, uh, experience some sort of anxiety disorder in their lifetime one in five men now there's a grow there's a growing concern in in the psych- psychological field that men because of the way we are raised that the way we are spo- we are taught to deal with our emotions and anxiety um, that men are underreported that's I mean it, it is a very serious concern um, and men are more than three times likely than women to die by suicide um, it's it, it and that, you know, touches back to, to last week's episode, but I, I wanted to highlight that, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a serious stat because, I mean, the suicide rates in general are far too high. Uh, but then when you look at the st- statistics, uh, the, I mean, men are more more than three times likely to commit suicide, and they're less likely to seek help. Um, and, and I think those two go hand in hand. Um, uh well and there was a so the Harvard study um, it's uh, mental disorders uh comor morbidity and suicide behavior revolts results from the National comorbidity survey replicate uh, replication now, a quick definition: comorbidity. I had to look this up, so I'm going to share it. It is the simultaneous presence of two or more diseases or medical conditions in a patient. Mm-hmm. So it's even something as simple as depression and anxiety. It's a it's it's a compounding um, thing. Um, so uh, what what this says is, while depression leads to suicide ideation, suicidal thoughts, they have found that anxiety leads more often to suicidal plans and attempts. So, you know, there, there's a reason that, there, there is a reason that psychologically, in the psychological field, they separate depression and anxiety. First of all, it is it is two very different experiences, but second of all, they are two, two very different, you know, uh, mechanisms to cope with it. Um, they, they recommend, you know, a few things for men um, to they're not likely to, men are not likely to seek treatment until, unless, you know, a a work crisis is big for men or the urging of a partner. And that I want to say right now, if you are noticing, um, if there's any women involved, women listening, if there's any men uh, listening with, with male partners, please, please do not ignore it. Do not, do do not react in anger. If you, if you think that there's something going on with your partner, that is what a partner does. That is, that is 100% what a partner is for is to, is to help the other person. If you think there's something wrong, ask, (laughs) Um, and Cognitive behavioral therapy is most commonly used to, to treat anxiety. And, you know, they don't generally, men, we don't respond well to the word therapy. Um, we, we just don't. That's, that's kind of ingrained in us. And I'm not saying right or wrong, but it is. Um, so what they, what they do generally is it, it, they generally do a more practical or coaching Cause I mean, as men where we, you know, we can be coached, we can be trained. It's, it's <laughs> it, um, but the, a few, a few, just a couple more things I want to touch on. Um, so in order to, uh, to, to really get, um, the attention of the, uh, of the male sex, uh, one of the first things they say is don't deliver an ultimatum in order to try to get them help. That leads to a power struggle. We don't want to give up our power. We don't. It's. Not, I mean, and no human does. But we, as men, we have. You know, there are certain expectations that are that are that are expected of us. There, there are certain things that we have. You know, been that have been ingrained in us. That has that have been. You know, taught to us at an early age. Um, so it's it's just it's one of those. It, it's one of those things they, they say that um, convey distress about his well being. How is this? Don't make it about you, but let them know. You know, I'm losing sleep. I'm not sleeping well because I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm that, that kind of thing, and be compassionate. Um, he, he remember men are men are not necessarily just being stubborn. Remember, they're human. Um, we we struggle daily with a heavy burden of, of expectations. Um, Michael Addis, he's a professor of psychology and and the director of the men's well-being research group at Clark university in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, he, he says, quote, we've been socialized from a very young age to see emotional vulnerability as a weakness. Seeking help is seen as a sign of weakness as well. Um, rather than seeing them as, as I said, as stubborn, um, as a stubborn, unwilling, typical man, I want you to remember that word, typical man, because there's nothing typical about being a man. Me and Dan, we go through two, we can go through the same, same issues, same circumstance, and we are going to handle it differently. Um, And try to start seeing them as a human being, not only anxious and depressed, but struggling with what they expect of themselves and what society expects of them. Um, it, it's it's a great article. It really is, and I know I touched very lightly on it, but I mean, I really, like I said, I read it twice. I i, I felt i felt i really felt the need to read it twice, and I really enjoyed the read. Um that being said that's that's what i got as far as the article the article has i mean it's very it's very re- relevant to what we're talking about today which is you know the the devil tells no lies dan you want to i mean you you came up with that title i'd like you to i'd like you to to explain why you you went that way because we're this isn't a religious podcast but but there's you know there's <laughs> There are, you know, so undertones,
1: right? So this is this is not a religious podcast, and I think what some people may, I think, what there there's a fine line between people who will read something and, like a motivational quote, right? And whether you're religious or not, you're going to take that quote, however you however you see it as, right? So for me. I was never really that religious of a person until I met my wife. We started going to church, and I actually ended up getting baptized the Saturday before our wedding. And oh,
0: congratulations, man! That's awesome.
1: And um, for me, that was such a big that was such a big deal because without me knowing my wife was actually praying for that she wanted me to, to yeah. get baptized and I made that decision on my own and when I was going through these things or when I was going through that process
0: we were doing a small Dan you cut out there for a second you were being doing a small what um I don't know if it's just my side or we're having some technical difficulties Dan, I got nothing. All right, hold on one second. No worries, no worries.
1: But Three point two. Uh, <laughs> Again, more technical difficulty. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. so, I'm still,
0: I'm still enjoying, it, but yeah, you, you were you saying.
1: Hear, okay, where did you hear me last? Where did I? Where was I able to leave
0: off that? Um, that uh, that your that your wife was praying for you to be baptized, and you were in a small and.
1: Okay, so we were we were going through the small group, and we had originally signed up for a like a financial. I forgot what the title was. It's like a financial help type thing. So it, we were supposed to, what we were supposed to do is take this class to kind of help us as we transitioned into you know getting married and transitioning over like money stuff. So my wife is very big in finances, and I mean like like big. Big at at this point where I think if she really wanted to, if she went to school for it, she would probably be a very, very successful financial advisor (laughs) because she has done miracles when it comes to like our money and she's, she's just phenomenal at it. So we were, we were supposed to take this class and somebody that we met in our church basically told us, no, you're not taking that class you're going to take this other class because you are now becoming newlyweds. And this is a class that you need to take to really understand what you're getting into. So we were like back and forth. We were kind of like, I don't, I don't really know about this. You know, this is not where we wanted to go. Lo and behold, that was probably the best decision that we ever made because the small group that we're in the people were fantastic like there was not judgmental we all became friends shoot we played we all got on a softball team together you know like it was a great experience so when i was in this small group um, the the guy who is leading it we were kind of talking about how the devil will never tell you a lie like flake straight up just won't tell you a lie. Now what they, what what we were kind of touching on was the differences between, I wouldn't say fact or fiction, but in this case it would be insecurities and not being like like not insecurities. Right. So like insecurities is just a form of a lie. It's a lie that somewhere down the road that you believed in that you're believing in now and that's not true about yourself.
0: Mm
1: -hmm, So when I said the devil tells no lie, I kind of, what I really meant was, um, what I really meant was, is that the devil devil will never tell a lie. He speaks only to your insecurities. He will feed on the lie that is, is your insecurities and encourage you to believe and live the truth he wants you to see. When we wake up in the morning, there are a thousand things that go through our mind that we immediately not believe about ourselves or believe a, a false about ourselves right so yeah. when we wake up in the morning it could be something that hey you know i'm not i'm not good at my job i stress going to work because i'm not good at it or i stress being a parent because i don't feel like i am good enough to be a mom or a dad or you know something something along those lines right so when I say that it's it's a combat for me and it's not for every this again this is not going to be everybody's opinion or mindset but for me it's a combative it's combative way of thinking because for me I will I will go as far as listening to what is being told in my head as in, Hey, you're not good enough. You know, you can't do this. You, you know, you're not, like, like I said, you're not good at your job or whatever. Right. So, so I'll, yeah. go in, I'll go in and listen to that and accept it in because I'm the kind of person who can get a little, like you said, you know, people get aggressive or they get combative about things. I'll get, sure. aggressive, I'll get aggressive and combative with myself. Because I'm determined to prove whatever that is wrong. And now it doesn't always work. You know, sometimes something will happen. You're going to get depressed. You're going to get upset. And and I kind of, I hate to say it, but that's kind of how it goes sometimes. When you deal with depression, it doesn't just go away. Like you're going to have days where it's going to hit you hard. You're going to have days where you can look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you know what? No, I'm not doing this today. I don't care what's going on. I don't care, you know, what little thing may have upset me. But today's not going to be that day. Today I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna conquer this this step. I'm gonna go go rise above this, and I'm not gonna let it drag me down. And it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like when you do the Are you having a bad day, or did you just have a bad moment that you're now dragging out to being a bad day type of situation, right? Oh yeah,
0: and we all do that. Every I mean, man, woman, child. I mean, right. it's yeah. So.
1: One of the other things when we were talking about the topic of the devil tells him alive, and and I'm trying to not be, what do you say, like Bible-ish when it comes to this, because I know that there's a lot.
0: You're not trying to be overly religious, but I mean, I mean, be you, Dan. That's that's what that's what we do here in this podcast. That's what that's what unapologetically human is. That's what the men in your life is. It's this is you. Be you, Dan when we were
1: talking about the devil tells no lie we were also talking about that there is certain versions of you that were built and that the versions of you in your life have already been foreseen toward the end so there is absolutely nothing that you can do that will actually alter your timeline right whether you like whether you want to do you know if i wake up like if you wake up today and you decide that you're going to go for a drive whatever has happened or whatever may happen on your drive is a situation that's already been foreseen and, and what we were what he was trying what we were trying to get at was that there's only certain things in life that you can control so you can't control the uncontrollable which is your path your life path being being planned out already. Right. But Mm -hmm. what you control is you can control is when you get in the car this morning, did you do everything that you could before you left to let the people that you know, you know, that you love them? Did you decide to pick an argument with your wife before or husband before you walked out the door? You know, those those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that when you, when you, when you boil down to that, if it's for me, it is part of insecurities and anxieties because every time that you wake up to do something, you've already made that, that choice. This is what I'm doing today. Right. So when you make some of these choices, are you making the choices based out of this is what I feel is best for me? Or are you doing this based on of I'm doing this out of a reaction to an insecurity? Or am I doing this out of a reaction sure. to being, uh, you know, having anxiety? Right. One um, of the other things there's something there was something that I was I was uh, say before and it actually So I'm trying to like come back to it while I'm still talking about it, and it's not working very well. Um, but when you were bringing up this article, right? And mm-hmm. I went to do I was doing a little bit of research too, and I pulled this off of a website called Men's Journal, and. Mm-hmm when we talk about men's mental health and anxiety, we're using that as a general topic, but this, this ties in for anybody. Like this is man, women, or man, uh, woman, you know, teenager, senior adult, whatever, right? This is not just for men. It's just, that's what the topic is based on. Um, they were talking about some of the top insecurities that most like that people will deal with and the top eight insecurities that, uh, I actually believe this article because I read through a bunch of them and I didn't really believe some of the list. Like, some of it seemed a little uh, half-hearted, I guess would be a, a good way of putting that. Um, sure. This of the top eight that they came up with was relationship sta- uh, stability, yep. security, <clears> throat> financial, throat> financial security, body image, emotional intimacy, Physical setbacks, not meeting expectations, and exhibiting emotion. Those are the top eight insecurities and anxieties that go through men. Now, this goes through, I mean, for a lot of people. It's not just men. You know, women go through the same thing. We, But like you said before, we're all going to react differently to the situation, right? Mm. So when you were going through – I mean, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second. But we've <laughs> <laughs> – Um, When we first met, you were kind of in and out of a job, right? You ended up getting a job working for
0: this
1: cabinet company or whatever you want to call it, right? And you were happy because you were able to put money on the table. But you were upset in talking to me about it. You were upset because you were stressed out about not being able to provide for your family. You were upset because you felt like you weren't doing enough to – put food and money on the table for your kids, for your wife to have, you know, give them the life that they wanted,
0: but that they deserve,
1: they deserve. So when you were going, like when you, when you were talking to me about that, what was really going through your mind? Because at the time we didn't know each other that well, it was just more venting, but I know that there was more going on in during that time.
0: Well, I mean, so, and that, that was a big deal for me. You know, I, I like i said like i've said before i had a career i was a chef for a very long time um and then i stopped doing that so when i found something that i really truly enjoyed and i found something you know in general i i I found driving these box trucks to be extremely enjoyable um and that's kind of you know that that's where i wanted to base my new career at and, and all that stuff and you know it's Before it was just me. Yes, I was I was married. um, And which will we will that that's going to be a topic for for this episode. So uh, we will touch on that. But yes, I was married, but it was still just me. We didn't have any kids. We didn't have anything like that. It was, you know, it was still just me that I that I had to worry about, which was part of the problem. Um, But there's a whole different level of anxiety when you have a family to take care of. And you were, you are concerned about, you know, can I do this? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it enough? And these, are, these aren't things that just pop up, you know, depending on the task that I was doing at work. And if I believe you're talking about the, uh, the, the door and trim company I worked for, right. correct? Yeah. yeah, that one, yeah. That one. Um, so when I got this job, yeah, I was driving a truck and, um, I felt, but you know, it wasn't great pay. They weren't willing to give me what I was, what I needed, and or, or what I asked for. I mean, it just depends on how you look at it. Um, but these are things that I woke up every morning and asked myself: Are you doing enough? Um, and and I kept convincing myself, no. Like I would answer myself, no. You're not doing enough. Find another. Find a second job, or you know, find a better paying job or you know find a job that you know has better hours which the, the hours weren't bad but a big thing and this this happened you know shortly after um I, I worked there I was there for a couple of months um before it happened but I actually ended, ended up injuring myself at work um I I sprained my lower back and um being almost 40 years old uh, at the time I uh you know you when you're younger, you don't worry about your physical, which which kind of brings into the you know body image. Um, I injured myself, ended up going on in here in Washington State. It's called uh, LI Labor and Industries. Um, it's workers' comp basically, um, and uh, going to the doctor, all that stuff. And let me tell you something: after being laid off for about six, seven months, and then getting a job because I needed to. Um and I I had the worst habit and I told myself not to do it, but you know, I jumped at the first thing that happened because I needed I needed I felt worthless after so many months of not working. And I know it wasn't my fault, it was the pandemic and nobody was hiring. You know, my backup, especially having been a chef for as long as I was, my backup was being a chef. Well, come to find out my backup was not so much of a backup. Um I always I always said I could find a job anywhere. Well, that was proven wrong last year. Sure. Um but I injured myself and I started and I I started to realize right before I injured myself which kind of sounds a little, a little suspect, which I can tell you it's not, but, um, I started to realize that their, that their safety program was at best, uh, how I put it is at best non-existent hmm. at, at worst, they just didn't give a shit. Um, they, uh, the, uh, I want to say the week before I injured myself, somebody almost got an eye taken out yeah, because they, they weren't uh, because they don't care about safety they don't, they didn't care that this person whether or not this person was wearing their safety glasses which to me that's that's negligence on the company's part you should make sure that your people are trained and your people have access and your people are doing what they're supposed to do to keep themselves safe that is that that to me is is paramount especially would not
1: you say that uh, when you, we talk about like job security and stuff like we're, we're talking about like hard i wouldn't say hardcore but we're talking about Mental changing uh, insecurities, right? But wouldn't yes. you say that waking up to go to your job and being like, "I am not safe at this place," that that, yes. would, that causes anxiety. That that causes oh, I, like, and,
0: "Am I going to get hurt yeah. today?" Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what kind of what what I was getting to is. It got to a point where even when I was when I was medically cleared to go back to work full time, I resigned that same day mm-hmm. um, because after talking to my wonderfully supportive fiance um, with two small children, I couldn't risk my health for a paycheck. And which caused another whole nother level of anxiety, but it, it was weird because it was anxiety. And also it was the, 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 the firmness in knowing I was making the right, the right decision for me But was I making the right decision and doing enough for my family? And that's, I think, where where you were going with it is, you know, I every day I wake up and I love my job now. I I love the job that I have. I've told them repeatedly that I'm going to be retiring. I've told my boss repeatedly. I thank him at least once every every month. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I love it here. I love doing what I'm doing I, you know, and I and I appreciate the pay scale that I'm on, you know. Thank you, but I still worry about that. I still li- I still live in a place that I'm not proud of. Um, I'm tired of hearing gun. I'm tired of hearing gunshots. I want to keep my. I'm sorry. <clears throat> And I want to keep my family safe. Yeah,
1: and we're not talking and, about like recreational gunshots here. Like where I live, people go. because that's what you do back here, right? We're talking no, about, no. This is like, an, inner city shootings.
0: Yeah, and it, and the funny thing is, is it's not inner city. Like this is, it's it's somewhat uh, as uh, to to use kind of a a common trope. You know, it's somewhat ghetto around here. You know, a few months after we moved in, there was a shooting uh, at. At the apartment complex next door, across the fence from us, um, where four people died. Um, there there was, you know, a, f- a few months after, you know, a couple months after that, there was a couple of teenagers that were shot down on, on the street we live on. Yikes. It's terrifying Yikes. to have small children Yikes. and and be in this situation. But I keep telling myself, and this is where, and this is where, you know, how we deal with this anxiety and how we deal with doing, you know, going through these things. I keep telling myself and I believe it and I believe it with all my heart. It's going to get better. I'm moving forward. There is forward movement for this. My kids are going to be safer when we are able to get into a better place to live. But right now, Financially, it's not possible, and and I understand that, and I get that, and that's okay.
1: But you know, my that, job it takes my job
0: to, you know, is to keep my family safe,
1: right? And it takes steps. Like you can't. I think one of the bigger, I'm going to say, insecurities and anxieties when it comes to having family is that we want we want the positive things to happen right now. I mean, like snap of a finger. Right oh yeah. Now. But it just doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. And it's hard to understand that when you have, you know, a wife, a husband, son, daughter, kids, uh, you know, when you have that in your life, it's hard to understand that it's just not going to happen right away, you know, it, it, but little things will happen. And one of the things that you, that you said that, that I full heartedly believe in is, you believe in what you're what you're telling yourself. You're you're believing your positivity of what you're telling yourself. And I and I said this before and I said this to you, I've probably said this to you many times, is that if you want to change your life, you got to change your mind. And if you want to change your mind, you got to change your life. So you have to do and you can't have one without the other, right?
0: And- see but and, but at the same time I'll, I will tell you you know preaching to the anxieties is every time I hear a gunshot, every time I hear a car crash, every time it I feel like I'm failing. That's even not- even if it's for that moment, even if it's just for the, the you know that evening, you know I hear a gunshot at you know seven o'clock at night, and you know and uh, I wake up the next morning and I'm I'm like you know what I woke up I'm uh, it's going to be a good day like I said that's my that's my philosophy. But- okay, so
1: here's here's the thing though is that is that the in- is that insecurity or is that just fear because people I think confuse the two of being fearful of something and being having insecure and anxiety about something because you can have, you can be fearful of something, but not be insecure about it. You, you know like for me, like I, I, uh, I am deathly, deathly terrified of snakes. I hate everything about snakes, but I don't, I, I might have anxiety about it, but I'm not like, it doesn't keep me from going outside. You know what I mean? So it's like when you, when you hear those gunshots, is that you feel like, Damn, like I really should do more to get my family out of here, or is it just you and the parental aspect kicking in? Of I'm gonna make sure that my family is safe. In my, I'd have to, would
0: I'd, I'd have to say it would be both. I mean, there's there's that split second where, you know, um, if I'd if I would have done more a year ago, would we not be here right now? You know, right. it's, it's that kind of thing. But there's also that, yeah, you know, that, that parental instinct where, you know, these are, these are, these are my cubs. You, you don't come near me. You, you, I need to protect them from what goes on out there, which is, which is, you know, a, a topic for another, <laughs> another episode. But, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I do believe that it would be, it would, it would be both in my instant. It, In my instance, I I do believe that, you know, there's both, both aspects kind of cross my mind.
1: So you, you said it, you brought it up and I was actually going to bring it up too. You said it was, if I did something, if I did more a year ago would today change, right? And Mm -hmm. it goes back to, it goes back to the, your, your whole life, your whole reality, your whole life timeline has basically been planned out, right? There's little things that we can do. To to alter that, but in the end, the end's going to be something that's already foreseen, right? So every move that you make is already been, five, you know, the next five steps have already been seen. So there's going to be little things that come into our life to help us maneuver around the negatives to help us lead to the positives. But it's our choice in the end to choose what door we're going to go through, right? But there's little things that happened a year ago for you that if you chose differently, you may not actually be where you are today, where it may, may have looked good, but it may end up, you know, five steps later, it may not have been the correct choice. So sometimes when it comes down to that, we just, you got to trust your gut, you know? And I told you, before mm-hmm. that, I told you before, don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. Over a job that will not blink twice if you ever left.
0: Yes. Right. And yeah, you did. You did tell me that when when I was going through all that.
1: Your wife and your kids mean a lot more to you know, than some pretty carpenter job where you're just moving evidence um, into offices and buildings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one thing, the one thing that when I was battle through those things like when you battle through that and you know i go through the same stuff you know i always think like you know i don't i don't have a degree i didn't do very well in school i was not book smart to say the like, at all right and i struggled and it took me a long time to find a job that i could excel at but make money so i was used to doing stuff like digging ditches working on a farm doing construction doing like grunt work you know because that's what that's what i was good at it's not, it's not great when it comes to projects, but it was something that I was good at and I felt confident doing. So I get to this job here where I've literally done nothing but for the past five years where I work now is build myself up. And one of the things that I realized that I that, – or I realized one of my strengths were – and it's funny because my dad brought this up. And that's a whole different topic for another story, too, because we haven't always seen eye to eye or had the best relationship. But anyway, one of the things that he actually told my mom was that he admired my work ethic because I would, you know, I'd go to work, I'd come home, I'd eat dinner, I'd go hit the gym, I'd take a shower, I'd go to sleep. I wouldn't fuck around. Like, I knew that I had to be up early. I'm going to bed and get my sleep. And that was the one thing that he said he admired the most was my work ethic. And when I heard that, I, that was something I took and I, I ran with that because I was like, you know what? I was like, man, I do like I do work hard. I do have good work ethic. Now, yeah, there's days where we're not giving 100 percent because the 100 percent that we can offer is maybe 70 percent of what I got. right? But we're giving you 100 100%, percent 100%, because there's days where mentally you're just like, you're like, like, I really don't want to deal with anything today, but I'm going to do it mm-hmm. anything, right. So, oh, yeah. When we're going through that and I, you know, and my wife is, she hears me complain about work all the time and I constantly look for jobs. I'm constantly looking for stuff that I could do. And I'm always getting, I always feel rejected when I look at some of these applications because it's like required, you know, bachelor degree or at least five years experience in this field. And I'm like, well, that, that seals it for me because I don't have that bachelor's degree so when like you trying to grow your life sometimes you kind of get back down to reality but there is a there's something that uh there is something that the leader of our small group uh said and him and his wife are probably some of the most beautiful people that i've ever met in my life like they have an unbelievable soul they would literally help somebody like anybody if you, if you didn't know them and you were knock, knocked on their door and you needed help, they would invite you into their house and help you. Like, that's just the type of people that they are. Um, he's once, once he told me, cause I was talking about this in our group with the whole work, work and trying to elevate. And, you know, like I want to be the best that I could be for, for like my wife and, and, you know, our future family and all that. So he told me that when you, when you begin to elevate your life is when, the devil shows up more. So because they he's afraid of you elevating your life, essentially. So the more positive that comes into your life, the more roadblocks you're gonna see because it's trying to bring you down. It's trying to make you not believe in yourself. It's trying to make you stop pushing, it's trying to make you stop working. And it really what it is, and what I figured out or what I figured out was really what it is, is it's the devil fearing that losing control of you. And that's really what it is is that sometimes just taking back your life and understanding that, you know, it doesn't matter if, um, I don't know, it doesn't matter if, you know, Sam from seventh grade told me that I was slow at running, you know, like some of those things that,
0: you know. You ain't going to tell me that one. That's.
1: It doesn't matter if if my whole life I've worked in ditches and covered in mud and covered in dirt. You know, I never once complained about going to work, but I know that it doesn't matter just because this person may make twice as much money than me. I know what, my, I know what I'm worth. I know that I can work hard, and I know that every day that I get up and I work hard, I know that my family is going to be better. Now, it might not be exactly where I want it to be, like financially, but it's better than what it could be. And, oh, yeah. and, and that's something that you got to be proud of proud about. And the other thing I was reading through some stuff and I found this quote and I'm not really sure where it came from, but I kind of I read it and kind of like built off of it. So the quote itself was the version of you wasn't built overnight. But I expanded into the version of you wasn't built overnight. This is experience and pain. This is insecurities and abuse. This is depression and a climb out of rock bottom. You have to go through a lot of this shit to get to where you want to be right now. So you got it. You got to hit some of these things. You got to fail at some of this stuff in life to be able to reach the goals that were expected for you to reach, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely.
1: Like, I use this as an example, and I use this when I, with, with coaching baseball. Uh, you know, Derek Jeter didn't wake up and become one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball. You know, I said this about the Michael Jordan thing, but, and my point of that is being there are, there are guys in the major leagues who make hundreds of millions of dollars who still commit routine errors. So if you are 12 and you're committing a routine error, that's not something that you need to get down on yourself about you know, sometimes the old saying is shit, mm-hmm. sometimes shit happens, but it's how you react to that shit that's happening is how you elevate and grow your
0: life. Absolutely. And that's, and you know, I, I reworded a little bit, but, um, you, um, for those of you who don't realize we do talk about this, these episodes all week and, you know, this, the quote that you just said, you know, that, that you compounded on, you know, I, I, uh, I I changed a few words here and there, but I, I like it. I think it's great. Um, I think it's exactly what what it is. I mean, there's, you know, there was there the, you have to go through, you know, a high. You have to go experience a lot of highs and take a lot of hits to get to where you to who you are, and it, that may not be who you you who the final version of you is going to end up being. But you know, there's. There's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, as you said. And that's, you know, and that's something that I think, as, as was said in the article, you know, um, as men, we were socialized at a very young age to see emotional vulnerabilities a weakness. And that is, you know, and that kind of goes along with that. You know, we, we take the lows, honestly, in my very humble opinion, a little harder. Well I wouldn't say a little harder but we take them a whole lot differently than, than I, our, no, our female I, counterparts I
1: think you said it right I think it, it's harder because like you said you're it's driven into your brain as such a, as at a young child when you grow up and watch like your your father or your older siblings or you know doing certain things that quote unquote men should be doing and you take it a little bit harder if you aren't living up to that expectation because
0: you're not being what you want to be. And there's so there's also something to be said about growing up with you know, uh, unfortunately it's it's almost a common thing anymore. People growing up in in a in a split household, mm-hmm. or or you know growing up without a father or a father figure, you not only do you see, you know, not only do you see what men should do, but you also see what they shouldn't. Um, well, yeah, that, that's and good, that's, yeah. that's 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 a whole other. I believe that's a whole another way of learning. Um, the positives as well as the negatives is you also, you also, you don't just see, you know, what what being a man is supposed to be, you also see what being a man isn't supposed to be.
1: Hey, 90% of life is just learning shit. It's oh, just, God, you now you figure it out on the fly, whether somebody teaches you or not, you're figuring it out on the fly.
0: Um, so i i would like to cuz cuz i mean this was a huge factor with me cuz when when you mentioned that um this week it was going to be about anxiety and um and you know how uh um and the unexplainable neg- or unexplainable negatives which i really like that that little phrase mm. um i think uh, i'd like to you know just say you know we we both have gone through some serious anxieties in our lives, and we both handled them very differently. Um, uh, one of the biggest anxieties that I ever had, too, and this ties into why I stopped being a chef, is I actually had an, a, a complete and utter mental breakdown. I had a, I had a, a panic attack. Um, they, they wanted to put me on medication Um, which, which, you know, causes me, I, you know, I've, I've been hospitalized twice as I've, as I've said previously for first attempting suicide, they wanted to put me on medication, which is a whole different aspect because, you know, a lot of those medications, what they do to men is cause impotence. Um, and you know, I, I'm not saying it did to me because I refused to take it, but you know what, I don't know if that was a great idea at the time looking back, but one of the biggest anxiety things for me was, um, my divorce. Um, it's not something that I, I talk, I, 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 joke around about it quite a bit, but it's not something that I talk about very often. Mm-hmm. Um, it, first of all, let me just say that it takes two, I, you know, I, as much as I would love to sit here and blame, blame my ex for everything, it wouldn't, it, I'd be lying. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I had my faults. She had hers. Um, but I had, and I, and I had known that I'd been falling short. Um, when she came back from a trip, and I had made the decision while she was gone to change, to be better, um, and um, she had made the decision while she was gone to leave. Um, actually, she made the decision before that, but she had to- she told you know the person that was on this trip with her um, that she had decided that she was going to divorce me. Um, So we were on two very different paths in toward our relationship. She was, she was on the path away. I was on the path toward. um, And I think that that very much threw me for a loop emotionally, um, mentally. Um, There was a period of time I I did after she left. um, I worked for uh, 23 straight days, um, which isn't a whole lot because, I mean, I used to have a job where I worked 28 straight days on, 14 days off. Um, but with the emotional um, trial I was going through at that point in time, it was not a healthy thing. It was not a good thing. Um, I used to, I would daydream um, on my way to work, uh, driving my my car off of an overpass. Um, and that's, you know, and that was something from the article that really spoke to me is, you know, uh, through the Harvard study, um, depression gives you the, the, the thoughts, but anxiety can push you to the point where you, you, you take action. Um, um so on, let
1: me, let me say something about that because you were talking about the daydreaming of bad thoughts, right? Yes. Um, suicidal thoughts and, it, Listen, people who go through anxiety and depression, or bipolar, or you know anything along those lines—I I hate to say—but the the fact of the matter is, it's a normal thought. It's a normal mm-hmm. thought for people to sit there and daydream about. And I use I use the word normal. Loosely, but it's in that environment. It's a normal, everyday thought for people to have those those ideas about, hey, you sure. know what, what would happen if I just drove this truck into a tree, you know? And you, I think the one thing, I think the one thing that people should understand about that is, it's it's it's, it's okay to have those those thoughts because a lot of the times those thoughts that come out. That it's your body trying to vent. It's your mind trying to vent on whatever is happening in your in your life situation. And sometimes it comes out with you thinking like that. It also comes out with you just screaming in the car. It comes out with you you know doing all kinds of different things. But mentally, when you're, when your brain is working like that and overworked, sometimes that's just your brain trying to vent some shit out of your system.
0: Oh, that's absolutely what it was. I mean, I I don't I I was not on the verge. Um, my boss actually, um, actually sent drove me. Um, my executive chef actually drove me to the local mental health facility, and the the counselor that I spoke to, and this is where I'll uh, I'll leave this one because I you know this it's not an easy thing for me to to talk about, and, and we'll have to talk about a little bit more, I'm sure, at at a different different episode about a different subject but um it was just it was kind of the anxiety that i was feeling with with and depression that i was feeling with with when uh, my ex-wife left um it's and it's like a death it is your whole world dies and um the counselor i spoke to he said you know i, I firmly believe there are two types of people going through what you're going through He's all it's people that need medication to cope and it's people that, you know, just need somebody to talk to. He's all, I'm not going to. And he asked me, he's all, unless you tell me flat out that, that you feel like you need some, some, some uh, pharmaceutical help in order to get through this. I am I don't feel prescribing you something would be in your benefit. He's all you need to get it out you need to have somebody you do. He's all, do you have any family here? And I said, no, I, my family is thousands of miles away. Um, and he said, you might want to consider going, going home. And I did, I ended up going home for a week before, uh, before, before, um, deciding that I was leaving, uh, this was Texas before I decided I was leaving Texas for good. Um, and, uh, but, that's the big thing is, you know, that was, that was something that I also wanted to touch on in this episode is um, just because you're having, a, having an anxiety problem right now doesn't, I want to, I can't stress this enough, does not necessarily mean you need to be medicated. Um, I do believe that, that, that you know, uh, pharmaceuticals and medication works for, for people. But you need but please, if you're, if you're in that situation, if you're, you know, if you're in the position to have that choice, put some serious thought into that choice. And and honestly, and be responsible, be responsible with it too. And, and honestly, take the medication. If you feel like you need it, take it and don't be ashamed of it. I don't care what kind of side effects it might have. I don't care what kind of, you know, I don't. If it helps, it helps, and that's what this is all about. This is that's why that that's why me and Dan do this. We want you to have help.
1: And you said it. it look, if it helps and it helps, forget what the hell anybody else thinks. You know who who gives a damn what anybody else thinks about you and your life. You you do whatever it is that you need to do that's going to help you do what it does to bring you joy. I don't know how many times I've said that, but just do, do the things that bring you joy in life, do the things that are going to mm-hmm. help do the things that are going to make you happy. And you know, we talk about, we're talking about a lot of um, uh, mental uh, insecurities or mental anxieties. You know, one of the things that I noticed in a lot of these articles when we were looking through it, there was one big thing that that nobody ever really brought up and you know they talk about like relationship stability as in you know it's on the rocks you guys are fighting divorce a split a break things like that but the one thing that nobody ever brought up was re- abuse in relationships because Ooh. there are, are there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of, tons of situations where you will be going, you will be dealing with abuse in relationship and sweeping under the rug, believing that it's just it's it's an everyday thing, but it's not. And every situation is different, you know. And yeah. some people. Some people don't leave because they're they're afraid that it may get worse. Some people don't leave because they're afraid of re- of of starting over again, right? Some people are afraid because you know they're just fear in general. Fear fear is a is a nasty son of a bitch, and it can control your whole life, right? But and we we could talk about that. Uh, that's a whole that's a whole topic in itself. Oh, no, it is to to just touch on it. Understand that. It's not okay for somebody to beat you down, whether it's physical or mental, right? And staying in something like that does not benefit anybody but the abuser itself. And mm-hmm. if you have kids or if, you know, it it, infect, it, it starts to affect your, your family, it affects your distant family or your friends, uh, listen to what they're saying because it may be a hundred people that are telling you, the, you know, the same thing, five people, whatever it is, just give it a chance and listen to what they're saying and take a step back and look upon what's actually happening in your life. Because the thing, here's the thing about it is that you can open your door and a table to a lot of people and let them sit at your table, but don't, don't ever let somebody disrespect you at your own table. And what I mean by that is in life, we all have a table that we invite people into and sit down at. Right. So mm-hmm. you, know, you become, when we, be, when we make relationships or um, friendships, things like that, we invite these people in to sit at our table. So like you and the guys, you know, uh, uh, Matt and Adam and Brian, you know, the, those are, those are the, the, the guys, the dudes, you know, as I call y'all, you you have been invited to sit at my table because you to me are the closest people to brothers that I have right. But I'm mm. gonna invite these people to my table that I feel maybe maybe they need to talk, maybe they just need somebody to lean on, maybe they need somebody to cry to, you know, something like that. But the minute that you allow these people to disrespect you in your own and you are at your table, that's the time that you need to push them out. So you can you can be you can be loving and caring without letting them break that boundary if that makes sense not everybody has to be invited in to your into your domain for you to Make an impression or, or, you know, you're not going to be considered a a bad person just because you don't want to allow the negative to come out or to to come into your life. So it's like, don't don't let anyone take you back to a level that you've already leveled up from. And that's the other part of that, too, is there's a lot of people who will stay in these relationships or go back to these relationships because, they feel that, uh, you know, oh, this person has changed. But have they really, like, have they changed after the 10th time that you guys have gotten to a, a knockdown, drag out fight? Is that really going to be the time that's going to change? No. So when you do that, you just, just don't let anybody take you back to something that you've already removed yourself from. And you were talking about your experiences with your divorce and how you went to go sit down, you went to go talk. To made that conscious effort to not allow that anyone that anything you know your ex wife whatever you know that negative aspect in your life your divorce to take you back from the levels that you've already upgraded to right cuz think about it, you it's a for the most
0: bad. part yeah but i mean i'll be honest with you uh, Dan, my my the following relationship I was in, which was uh, a relationship that I had for a couple of years that I was in, um it was it was it was abusive. Mm-hmm. It was, and I didn't realize it until later on in in the relationship until I got stronger. But on top of it just being abusive, um I felt like that's what I deserved. I didn't deserve any more than that. I didn't, you know, i I failed already. I didn't deserve to be, you know, to be happy. Um, to be honest with you, I did. De- I deserved to settle. That's that's how it felt for me. For for you know that entire pretty much that entire relationship I was in after my after my divorce, it was it was bad. It, it was physical. It was mostly mental. Um, I stopped seeing my friends. Um, they I was kept away from my friends, which you know, it, it, and of course you. It takes it. It took me a while to figure out how how abused how I was being abused um but for the most part i mean it's non physical it's it's emotional and financial but also it was physical i mean i was you know i'm a large man but that doesn't mean that you know pounding me in the chest or throwing something at me isn't physically abusing me it took okay. me a long time to fi- figure that out um i but, but like i said i i did try to hang on to who i was but to uh, i mean i'm going to be you know, completely frank, the divorce destroyed me, destroyed the person that I was, absolutely wrecked me. And for a while there, I didn't think I deserved to be happy. I didn't think I deserved anything good.
1: But you know, you know what, and and I mean this in the nicest way possible, that you said that the divorce destroyed who you were, Right. Well, yes. Maybe, maybe, and I like I said, I'm gonna be the nicest. Nice, this is as nice as I can be. All right, I don't mean this in a mean way, so don't be jumping. Through oh, just phone. spit it don't out. will be through this phone, throwing a Mike Tyson at me, right? The divorce, the divorce ruined who you were, but the divorce made you into the person that you needed to be today.
0: And I am happy with that person. Right. It That's that, that, that was that was know. definitely something that I was gonna get to. Yeah. It, was, it, it broke that shell.
1: You you shedded all of that, and I'm gonna say that. It, Dead weight off because that's what it was. Mm-hmm. That was dead weight. Was. Of your life. That's what that was, and I'm, I'm not saying your your ex wife is dead weight. What I mean is that oh, aspect- she was. <laughs> <laughs> that that aspect of your life is dead weight, right? So mm-hmm. you in that situation, that time, you you have that time to. Or, you don't like the situation, right? So you either take the action to change it in the way you think about it, but either way, choosing to be unhappy is not the way to live a life, right? So you did what you had to do to process through shedding the dead weight and you Mm -hmm. have been able to find a way to elevate
0: your life where you're at now. Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, I, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, you know, um, if if I would ever be happy, well, not ten years, but you know, if you would have asked me when I got divorced, um, would you are you ever going to be happy? And I would have flat out told you no. But let me tell you something: of all the things that I went through and all the pain, and believe me, it was painful. And I and I wouldn't wish that pain on on my worst enemy. And then through the through the abusive relationship that I went through. I wound up on the other side. And let me tell you something, and this isn't because, like I said, she could probably hear me talking. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is my fiance now, I wouldn't I wouldn't be the man that I am now, and I would not be in the relationship that I am now had I not gone through that, had I not gotten through that. I have the most beautiful children. I have the most wonderful fiance. And I have... The probably one of the greatest lives of anybody I know to look forward to in my family. Very
1: see, and what you do, what you do there is, everybody has a box. And in that box is all the negatives, is all the insecurities, is all the anxi- anxieties, right? And as you go through life, you pull something out of this box and you you find a way to work through it. What you did was in this box, you had your previous Brady life and you decided to pull this motherfucker out of the box as a whole. And when you remove the negative you can't just let the box collapse and fall apart you have to fill the box back up with the positives so you remove this negative out of this box which was the pre- previous life of brady and you filled it with the positivity of your soon to be wife and your kids and now the new job that you have and i think one of the things one of the things that is hard for people to understand is when you remove a negative, it has to be filled by something. And if you don't fill it with a positive, you're gonna f- keep filling it with a negative. So when you when you remove yourself from, say, your situation, and I'm, I'm picking on you a lot, and I don't and I don't go, go ahead. You Move yourself from that situation of divorce. You went down a line of re. Free- of filling those empty holes with negatives. And it wasn't until a time where you decided to basically sit down and talk to yourself about how can I change my life is when you move those negatives to replace with the positives. And now I guess you, like you said that your life would not be the same without, without your wife and without your kids because, and that, that's the type of positivity that I would say men, and I'm saying this in general, but men, Tend to need in their life like we're we're not this is not you know 300 bc or whatever where we just go out like barbarians to take care of all of our shit like that doesn't work that's not that, that mindset doesn't work anymore. no like in life so when you are going through those things and it could be work related it could be uh, struggling with parental you know abilities or the, you know, or you think the lack of that you have, and, and I'm not saying you in general, I just mean it, it, or you, I'm just saying speaking in general, or it could be, you know, the body image, it could be uh physical setbacks, you know, I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'm not as... In- they used to be, which is a fucking god honest truth for me. Um, not oh, me too. Not meeting expectations in general, and that could be personal life, that could be marriage, that could be work, that can be seen through the eyes of your children. That could be personal expectations you set for yourself. You know, maybe maybe you could have done something different to help. You know, maybe like you could have held a door open for that person. Where it really would have killed you to wait two more seconds to hold a door open for somebody that's about to walk into that building. You know what I mean? Yes. So I guess what what I'm kind of getting at is we spend a lot of times, we spend a lot of time focusing on negative aspects of our life when all those insecurities have stemmed from something in your lifetime, right? And you carry those insecurities for however long it takes for you to battle and deal with them. And that was, one of the things about, you know, going toe to toe, the ongoing battle with the demon inside of you is when you decide that you want to change. And some people say, you know, Oh, I've, you know, I'm trying to change. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that. Not discrediting you trying to do anything, but when people really truly want to change the aspect of something in their life, they will go toe to toe with the demon inside. They will, which is, themselves and they will look at themselves and have to correct who they are as a person. Is it really, is it really this person's fault that you feel the way you do or is it your fault in a situation? Like uh, here's, here's a good example. Cheating, right? right? When somebody cheats on somebody, that person usually gets offensive about stuff. They feel guilty about things. They accuse the other person of doing stuff. Correct. So it is it are you really upset with that person or are you really just upset with yourself because you decided not to be faithful to that person is it yes. is it like you know what i mean and that's kind of what it is is sometimes you have to check yourself and you got to understand that everybody everybody deals with something everybody's battling through something but at some point there is a fine line between uh, between struggling and sulking and I'm not going to be an ass about this, right? And I, and I, disclaimer was that we're probably going to piss some people off with this episode. So here's me probably pissing some people off with this is that there is a fine line between struggling with something and sulking about something. And if you're sulking about something, you are not, you will never, ever get over that situation. So when you sit there,
0: no, you're, 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 you're treating it as a, as a, as a font of power. Right. It's a crutch, right? So if you you're sit so- there,
1: And you have a friend that reaches out to 17 different friends complaining about their relationship with their girlfriend and how bad it is. And, you know, next week goes by. They're still with that person. 17, you know, they reach out to those 17 friends again, complaining about the same stuff, complaining about the same stuff as weeks go by. At some point, at some point, man that's on you. It ain't on anybody else. It ain't on the girlfriend. It ain't on your friends for if they just stop responding to you because you're going to replay the same thing over and over and over and over again after they tell you, Hey, you need to get out of this. You you can't use, you can't have like, how do I put, it? you can't have side chick friends giving you advice, but then you're just not going to listen to them. Like at some point, if you're going to just keep diving into the same old shit, Hey, that shit's on you, dude. It ain't on anybody else. That shit is on you. So sometimes when you, when with like the, when I found out with about the or what I find with some of my insecurities and some of my anxieties, some of that shit has been brought on by myself. And that ain't nobody else's fault but mine. And that you know that is- ain't that ain't childhood problems. That ain't marriage problems. That ain't friendship <laughs> problems. That ain't parental problems.
0: Well, that ain't, I, that ain't I, I, I generally I generally blame you for most things.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> no no problem. <laughs> but that that shit right there some of that some of it is brought on to yourself. But
0: and I and Let's you know, I mean let's let's let, I mean let's just be honest here. Most of it is brought on to yourself. It is. Most yeah. and and the reason I say that is because yes, there are outside influences, but you let them live rent-free in your in your head. Thank you. That is what that is what that is what happens when you let these outside influences um Basically destroy your your world, It'd be this, or take. Oh, I shouldn't say destroy, but take over your world. Whether it be for five minutes or five years, you know, it's it's one of those things that you're giving them the space that they need mm-hmm. to do whatever. And and when you give up your space, when you give up that that space that you can't use. That's space that you can't use to make your life better, or your or your family's life better. That's space that you know what that's being occupied now.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like, and the other thing about that too is, it's okay to tell people no. As if, like with friends, like it's okay to tell them, hey, no, like I'm not really feeling like hanging out today. Or hey, I know you got something going on, but I also have something going on too. Can we talk about this a different day? Like drawing boundaries is not a bad thing. Like it's not a negative. And I think that's, that's a hard thing for people to understand. So when you say like, for example, say, okay. Say as an example, as a child, you grew up abused. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm talking like, like walloped every single day of your life. Right. We're not discrediting the situation that took place in your life. What we're saying is you have the ability to remove the negative out of your life when you grow up into that, because there's people today who still allow their parents to mentally abuse them about their life. Like, listen, you are a grown ass human being who makes grown ass adult decisions. You have every fucking right to cut anybody off. Okay, it doesn't matter if it is if it is a best friend, which I've done plenty of times. I've cut people out of my life because it just doesn't work anymore, right? Whether it's a parent, I get it. They're your parents, you're always going to love them, but you have the right to tell them no and to limit your availability to them. And that's the same thing with your insecurities and your anxieties. You have a right. If you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, God damn, man, I look absolutely disgusting. You have the right to also not believe that you don't have to believe that you are a disgusting person or that, oh man, I am out of shape. Like you don't have, you don't have to believe the negatives and think that people are always going to look negative at you. You are who you are. If you want to change that, you need to make the conscious effort to go change that. If you don't want somebody – die, like if you don't want a bad friend coming into your life telling you how you should live your life or how you should have your finances. And real quick, if there is somebody who's struggling with their finances, don't let them give you financial advice, okay? Don't let people – yeah, don't let other people give you advice who can't even handle their own shit, all right? If they can't tie their shoe, don't let them tell you how you should tie your shoe, all right? If they can't, you know what I'm saying. Like, if they can't, if they can't do that themselves, don't listen to them. Don't, don't, don't let them give you that advice and buy into that bullshit. Because that's just you believing the insecurity of that lie. That's you believing the lie that you're not good at whatever it is that you're doing. Somebody at work, a coworker, could be upset with you or talk trash about you and about how you do your job. But in reality, you're not bad at your job. You're, they're just upset because they can't elevate their life. Sometimes in a work situation situation if they're mad at you it's because you're doing your job and it's the same thing with with life and like relationships and like depression and shit like that when you start battling through depression and you you're accepting what's happening because that's the biggest part about it is accepting and and understanding what's happening within yourself and i'm not saying you're accepting that you're that you're you know not accepting like the the negative aspects and the stigmas of depression, what I'm saying is you're accepting the fact that, Hey, I have depression. This is what I have. And this is what I have to do to get over this. When you start battling through that stuff and you start trying to elevate your life through all that, that's when I say, that's when, that's when the devil pushes all the negatives into your life because he's trying to hold you back, right? You know, the old, that old saying is when God builds a church, the devil builds a chapel next door. So when you are building up your life, you're going to attract negatives to come with it to pull you back down. So the big part is is the balls to turn around and tell the devil, hey, fuck off. Or are you? do you need to lean on somebody to get you through that? You don't have to do it alone. Like some people strive doing shit alone, like, like just being a lone wolf. They strive to battle through these things alone. I was always like that. I realized I don't have to be like that. I have friends who are willing to come to battle with me and it's whether or not, I think one of the, one of the things is, especially in a relationship like in a marriage Just because you don't ask your spouse for help doesn't mean they're not going to want your help. Like, doesn't mean that they're not going to need you 30 minutes from now after they got through six rounds of battling with whatever that they're battling. And that's why I always say, you know, my wife does a very, very good job of being exactly what I need her to be when I need her to be it. You know, sometimes she just lets me do whatever it is that I need to do to get whatever it is off my mind, off my mind. Sometimes she straight tells me, Hey, like you, you need to not let this bother you. And here's the reasons why, because X, Y, and Z are just mad at you for elevating your life and you for the way that you work hard or the way that you put in the hours or the way that you're always willing to do extra work. Just because people are upset with you doesn't mean that you're bad at what you do you know they're upset because you're the one who's who's succeeding and they're not and, absolutely and that's just that's just it's it's just about it's just about having confidence in yourself i think and if you can't if you can't look at yourself and believe in what you're trying to tell yourself it's not going to, you're not going to get over whatever you're batting through. And, and the harsh reality is, is it, it starts with the confidence. You know, it's like you said, I believed in you know, telling myself, you know, I believed that I was going to make my life better and you did what you had to do to make your life better. If you look at yourself and you're not believing those things, then you need to find a way to change your mind. So you do believe those things. And if you change your mind, you're going to change your life. And once you change your life, imagine when you change your life how all those extra anxieties insecurities just start falling off you know like shedding pounds you know dropping dropping weight then it's amazing feeling when you understand that it doesn't matter if you're not tall enough people still find you attractive you know it doesn't matter if you're not if you don't have 16 degrees from college guess what You're still smart. If you've been in that environment, that work environment for 10 years, you have 10 years of work experience over this person who just spent four years in school trying to learn the outs and ends of work, right? You, as a parent, I'm not going to tell you how you should parent your kids because what the hell do I know about parenting kids? I got two dogs. That's a whole different story. When you if you struggle with, am I being a good parent today? You also need to understand that you have put food on the table for your kids and your wife. You have a roof over your head and over their heads. You adore your children. Their children adore you. You know what I mean? You are doing whatever it is that you need to do to be a parent. And just because you don't have everything that you want right now, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So you are being the best parent that you possibly can be for these kids. And I think men being a father, which I'm not, which I hope one day to be, uh, for me, that's a huge stress is, am I going to be a good enough parent to these children? And when I look around, all of my friends pretty much have kids. And when I watch them and see how their life has changed, having kids, man, that's like one of the greatest things in life that you could ever wish. For.
0: Yes, I agree. I mean, I, I wouldn't, are I, I... I can't argue with, with any of that and nor would I even attempt to um, it's it's one of those things that you know I, I truly hope that those I, I don't think everybody is everybody is built for um, I've said this before and I will tell you and I will say it again I, I believe you and your wife are two people that I have two of the few people I've ever known that I truly believe deserve to have that experience. Cause I think you two are going to be amazing parents. You. Um, and, you know, I, I, truly hope that, that those people, it's hard for me to say this, but fine, but forget it. I truly hope that those people that, you know, whoever makes the decisions, you know, whether, you know, in your life, you know, God or, or whoever, Decides that you, it's you should be a parent. I truly hope that you are good ones. I truly hope you enjoy every painful, stressful, um, crazy as experience. I mean, really, it's. I mean, it's, it's everything. It's it's everything. There's a reason that that parents. It's hard to put into words uh, how how being a parent makes you feel because honestly, it's, it's, it's everything. It makes you feel everything. It makes you feel afraid, it makes you feel happy, it makes you feel confident. It makes you feel broken. It makes you, I mean, It's every, exactly. <laughs> um, but, but no, and I, and I appreciate that I do. And, and that's, you know, I, I also believe that part of being, you know, being a good parent is experiencing that anxiety. It is. It's because it, it, if you are so concerned about it that you experience that little tinge, I'm not talking about a, a full on anxiety attack. I, I don't. I don't wish that on anybody either. But you know that little tinge of "Am I doing it right?" If you are so concerned about whether or not you're doing it right, that is a good thing to be. That yo, know, that is that is the yeah.
1: I had. It, I had somebody tell me once before: if a coach is yelling at you, it's because he cares. If he ain't yelling at you, you're already in the fucking doghouse. So, yes. you said that little tinge of anxiety without even without even with you know having food, like yeah, man, like I I I stress myself out about it all the time, all the time. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things like that. Like how how can i how can i take care of of a wife and kids when i can barely take care of myself <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes and you know what i'm glad you said that because i hear that i hear those things and i i have friends that have said that how can i take care of the uh, of this when i can't even take care of myself that's the whole thing you experience it you experience it every day as do i we have partners mm-hmm that's how we deal with it that's how we deal with the anxiety that's how we do it because it's not just us in it it's not just us do we dealing with it it's not just us you know experiencing it it's both of us it is all of the above it is the help and and everything that we have needed in order to get through it we have a partner and i cannot stress this enough those of you out there that are single those of you out there that are not remember having a partner is the most important thing having a great lover that's awesome having ha- having somebody that you know you can joke around with that's awesome have, have all of these things and i'm telling you something there's no better life than having somebody not only can you laugh with, having somebody that's not only a great lover that you can cry with, that you can talk to about literally anything without fear of may- of pissing them off because you will, but it's not going to end everything. I can't tell you enough. You want to talk about relieving anxiety. You want to talk about not having to go through that severe world-shattering anxiety find somebody like that. I don't care if it's a best friend. I don't care if it's your significant other. I don't don't care care if if it's us.
1: It could be us.
0: Send yeah. us a message.
1: I'd yeah. love to be your best friend.
0: Exactly. I don't care. But if you have that in any aspect of your life, find that. You want to relieve your anxiety, find that. Find a partner that you can look at and be like, hey, eh, you know, I pick you. And, 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 and love every second of it. I tell my friends, male or female, when I love them, that I love them. And I have no shame about that. And let me tell you something, because I have been more open, and that's part of that, that's one of those things, exhibiting emotion. Because I have no pro- I, I have less problem exhibiting the emotions, whether to throughout my life I can tell you something that will relieve anxiety. It has with me because i regardless of what happens just like dan said earlier you know you have that anxiety did i did i show my my family and the people that i care about that i love them do they know that you stop asking yourself that question because you know that they know i'm off i'm off my soapbox it's
1: no dude, i mean that's that was the whole point of this though is that it was to get on the soapbox it's you know, for me personally, it's, it's about like, dude, like sometimes I gotta, I gotta check myself and swallow my pride and understand that if I want, if if I want to talk about something, I've been programmed for so long that talking about something, like you said, asking for help is a weakness, right? And Mm -hmm. it's me, it's taken me the last handful of years being with my wife to understand that if I want to open up and talk about something, it's perfectly fine to open up and talk about something. You know, if you, if you want to have some friends around you that you can actually open up and talk to, like I do with you guys, those are the positive relationships that you need to have in your life. You know, it's not, it's not like you got to run out and go get married tomorrow, but find somebody that you can sit down and have a god honest talk with and when you're able to do that it's not going to be easy it's going to be uncomfortable you're going to cry you're going to get upset you're going to get pissed off at yourself you're going to get pissed off at the situation but being able to being able to unload all the things that you have been burying inside of you for 20 years. God damn, man. That's like, it's like jumping in the, it's like jumping in a pool on a hundred degree day. Like it's refreshing, but it's hard to get to that point. And for me, you know, a lot of it for me goes right back around with my brother. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of things, in that, in that box that have not been dealt with. And every, you know, every now and then some of it gets pulled out. But there's a lot of things in that box that have not been dealt with. And there's a lot of things in that box that I purposely ignore because I'm not ready to deal with that shit yet. And sometimes mm-hmm. I need to tell myself, I don't give a damn if you're ready or not. You're going to fucking deal with this shit today whether you want to or not. And sometimes that's just life, man. You're sitting in your car and all of a sudden Boom, you're going to deal with this whether you want to or not. And here comes the waterworks. You know what I mean? It, it happens. And when you talk about this stuff, you need to understand that if somebody's willing to sit down and listen to you talk about your insecurities or talk about your anxieties or talk about your depressions or talk about whatever is going on in with your in your life, that person is worthy of having a seat at your table. And that's the type of people that you got to keep around in your life because those are life-changing people. And that's what you need to – that's what you need to put in your life. That's how you defeat – anytime the devil flares up, that's how you defeat that. You surround yourself. You protect yourself with an army of positivity. And that's how you defeat through that. That's how you push through them. That's how you go through like the unexplained negatives is knowing that you have an army of people that are willing to go to battle with you in whatever situation that you're dealing with.
0: That's it. Yeah. I mean, and I I say, that's it as if, you know, Oh, it's just that simple. Um, As, as Dan, as, as Dan, as Dan has said, before this we may piss some people off with our opinions and what we say but let me tell you something it may not be easy but it is that simple and i'll explain that and i'll explain that because when you look at it and you say all i have to do is this the hard part is done you recognize it you see it you know what you need to do so stop over complicating shit as we, as human beings, not just men, but we as human beings, do, and get down to brass tacks, do it. Forget, just I mean, we can't stress it enough. Who gives a shit what anybody else says? Do it. Period. That's get. That's the hardest part. Is do it. You
1: know. Uh... You know how like how how shitty it feels. You know something something negative happens. You know like when you you just feel like complete shit after something bad happens, right? Mm-hmm. Or and for me, it's you know sometimes the devil takes a swing and it he knocks you down a few pegs. Wouldn't it be yeah. nice? Wouldn't it be nice to be the one swinging first instead of swinging last in certain situations? Wouldn't it be oh, nice? Sure. Wouldn't it be nice for you to enter the ring and ring the bell and say, come on, motherfucker, we got something to go through. Wouldn't it be nice for, like, wouldn't it be a great feeling for you to put fear in fear instead of fear trying to scare you? Like when, when you, when you change your mind around and you tell yourself that I'm going to be the one that takes control, it's not going to be you. I'm going to be the one that gets to run my life. It's not going to be you. I'm going to be the one that stands up for myself. You're not going to beat on me anymore. You know, when you take control and you're the one who becomes the aggressor in in a, in a positive way, when you're the one who, who gets out in front of all this stuff, you're the one who combats the negative negative. And you are the one who jumps out in front and starts that battle yourself where it's, I'm going to be the one taking control of my life. I'm going to be the one telling the negative me that it can go ahead and just piss off. When you get to that moment and, you, and you're and you able to change your mindset about that,
0: oh man, it's such an unbelievable feeling. It's so, it's it's so unreal. It truly is. You know, it, it, it really is. And, and yeah, that is the hard part, um, is, is telling yourself, no, that I'm, I'm taking control. I'm, I'm swinging first. Mm -hmm. And, um, You know, it's easy.
1: It's easy for us to say this because there's things in our life that we've already we've already taken those steps for. But for somebody who is just now taking those steps or who's dealing with something, yeah, like we we get it, man. Like we know it's hard. Like
0: we well, what I was yeah, exactly, exactly. What I was going to say was, how do you think we, me and Dan are are able to do this? How do you think me and Dan are able to bear ourselves like this and say this is what we think. As I've said before, these are our opinions. Take them or leave them. But how do you think me and Dan are... Because we took control. Now, I'm not saying that I have full control over my life. I don't. Nope. (laughs) But I'm telling you that I've taken control of the aspects of my life that I can. You can You can't control the uncontrolled. No, but I have I, and, and part of that is you know a positive attitude for me. Um, it's, part of that is having that positive attitude that I that you know takes work, takes effort. For a long time, I, I blamed a lot of people for a lot of the bad shit that I went through. And let me tell you something. It took a long time to flip that switch in my head and say no. I put myself in these positions. I made these choices to put myself there. I need to get myself through it. You know, it's also, you know, surrounding yourself, honestly, with the right people. I have a fraction of the quote unquote friends that I had 10 years ago. I'm fine with that. I don't care. I have, but the, because the fraction that I have now, I know are true and loyal and, and will be there when I need them, whether it be helping me move or going through a personal crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's taking, and let me tell you something, it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. Sometimes it doesn't even happen within your control. I lost a large group of a large chunk of friends because of one person in that friends group and it was because of their decision. And yes, it, I it was because of their decision because of something I said. I have no problem admitting that. I said something pretty messed up and that was that. But I lost this large group of friends that I didn't want to lose. They were they they were a support system for me through a lot of things. And let me tell you something, I'm fine with it now. I miss them, sure, I think about them every now and then. But all the friends that I have now, every last one of them, I know I can depend on. I know that this person in that in this in this friends group that I have isn't gonna make the decision for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the support. I have, you know, I have the support of you. I have the support of the boys that we play video games with every Friday. You know, I've got the support of my more immediate friends that I have here, which, like I said, are, are just a handful. And honestly, I don't care. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes it. It, it, it takes work. But getting there is worth that is worth the journey. Um,
1: And you know, some people
0: it's hard for them to not care. Like
1: it's hard for some people to not care about what other people think of them. Right. That was me. And that's just one of those things. And you know what, that's, that's a big thing when it comes, when it comes to mental health and anxiety, because that really is kind of like the number one thing is worrying about how other people think about you. So when I say Say that, I, I say, then let them think about you and give them something to hate you. Give them something, <laughs> something to be upset about, but in a good way. Like mm-hmm. if somebody's going to hate you because you change your life. Fuck, let them hate you because guess what? Like you said, you're living rent free. They want what you can't. They they want what they can't have. Mm-hmm. Let them be. Let them be mad at you, but know that you have made such an impact in that person's life that they're willing to go out of their way to try to tear you down.
0: Exactly. Well, I mean, and that being that being said, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that guy again. Um, it's been a, it's been a couple of hours. It's been a great conversation. Um, I I am I am ecstatic about this week. I think I, I think we've done a, a hell of a job. Um, as always, Dan, it is an absolute pleasure to do this with you. It's um. Uh, so- I, I am absolutely loving doing this with you, whether we have one person listen to us or, you know, 5,000 people listening to us. This is great. You've become a very dear friend of mine. Um, I j- just, as as Dan likes to say, and, you know, uh, Dan, I mean, you, you always say it best. You know, as always, this podcast is about it comes down to our core motto our core belief which is dan it's okay to not be okay that's it remember that i mean we we, we'll try to tell you what we do and we'll try to we'll try to push you and we'll try to you know give you things to think about but ultimately remember even if you aren't ready, even if you can't, even if for whatever reason you, you're not ready to move forward, it's okay to not be okay. That's what we're here for. Drop us a line, drop us a message, hit that share button, hit that like button. Tell your friends, tell your family, I mean, tell your priest, I don't... <laughs> Uh, I, 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 well, maybe, 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 maybe not. I don't maybe not a priest. We might have to like bleep some oh, shit God. out. But um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank God we. You know we've been doing this on Sunday, so we're not really like drinking when we do this. But if we Oof. do these on like a Saturday night, we might, we might, you know, we might have to do that one day. It's kind of like do like a Saturday night where we kind of just sit back. Have, Our call, first.
0: Our first in-person episode while you're here for the wedding.
1: I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll do like a whiskey hour, and we'll see what real, what type of real shit comes out.
0: Sounds good to me. Well, Dan, uh, we may have to split this up into a two-parter, release one part, release one part later, but you know, we'll discuss that once we get off of here. Um, Dan, give my best to your lovely wife, as always. Um, give my best to your parents. Um, I know you, uh, you mentioned earlier they were going to stop by. As always, this is a pleasure. I've, I, I love doing this with you, and we'll we'll definitely be talking here shortly.
1: I appreciate, it, man. Tell everybody in your household hello. Um, tell your children to maybe simmer down. Tell them that Uncle Dan said simmer down. Um, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll get right yeah, on that. Right.
1: <laughs> but uh, I hope you have a good rest of your day, bud.
0: Hey you too, sir. All right, take care, man. Hey, later.